back down again. Say amen if you can. Stand on your feet with me if you will. Meet me in the book of James. Uh, tonight I'd like to do a, uh, just a topical uh, uh, discussion, uh, one that will help us as we are striving to grow in our walk with the Lord. Uh, how many of you all need prayer? No, I'm going to ask that again. Uh, uh, y'all sounded like I asked how many of y'all are millionaires. It was light waiting here. Uh, how many of y'all need prayer? Amen. Yeah, that sounded a little bit better. I'm praying for y'all that you, that you say amen for prayer. Uh, but tonight, uh, we want to strive to talk a bit about the power of prayer, the goodness of prayer. Um, and I hope, trust, and pray that at the conclusion of this, you're better off than when we started. Uh, James chapter 5, we're looking together at verse number 16. If you haven't, say amen. Uh, if not, say wait, since there are none. Listen carefully as the Bible reads. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 16, it says, listen, uh, confess. Someone say confess. confess. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We'll read it again. Let's read it together. Can we read it together? Uh, the Bible says, uh, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You may be seated. As you make your way to your seat, bow your head. It's a habit of mine. I like to Talk to God before I talk to y'all. So bow your head with me for a brief but very necessary word of prayer. Almost righteous and awesome heavenly Father, uh, King Jesus, we approach your throne with our heads humbly bowed. Lord, we just want to say thank you. We thank you. We show our deepest appreciation because we know that we could not make it without you. Lord, I'm praying tonight on behalf of all of these, my brothers and my sisters, all of our visiting friends. Lord, we're here uh, because we want to grow in your will, word, and way, and we want to become better Christians, better people. Lord, we are asking that if it is your will, you'd help us on tonight, not just to be informed, but more so to be transformed. I thank you, Lord, for every person who's out on tonight, dear Lord. Lord, we pray that our gathering will be uh, for the betterment of the kingdom and the furtherance of the cause of Christ. Dear Lord, knowing that, we ask you, dear Lord, that you will help us to push aside anything that would seek to distract us from your word and give us the righteous mind, heart, and focus to give ourselves 100% to your word with the understanding that if we surrender to your word, the only thing that we can become is better. Lord, as always, I pray that you'll help me humbly I submit myself before you, Lord. Please help me uh, to speak your word to your people, your way, adding nothing to your word taking nothing away from your word, and at the conclusion of all things, if anyone is blessed, if anyone is encouraged, help them to know that none of the praise, not an ounce of the praise belongs to the preacher. All the praise belongs to you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. These end all prayers we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen, amen, and amen again. Um. Church, I, I believe in my heart of hearts, uh, factually, uh, that we have a capability, a power, if you don't mind, that, that far exceeds any power we've ever known. We have an 
inward dwelling capability that that cannot be overpowered by anything that this world has in this planet or beyond. There is a force within us that enables us to move impossible obstacles. It enables us to silence evil speech. It enables us to escape dangerous situations. We have used this power and we have become physicians when doctors couldn't figure out the way. Financial advisors when money was far too inadequate. Mediators when the greatest of counselors had given up on the conflict. We've become uh, people that have seen the power uh, exercised not only in our lives, but we've even taken this place to our occupations. We've used this power to help us to do jobs we've never done. We've collectively served in hospitals that we've never been a part of. We've labored in banks where we've never entered the building. We've been uh, active in arenas that we had no place or cause. Someone would say, how were we active in all of these situations? Many of you already know. In all these things, we were able to do something simply because we prayed. We, when it seemed that all hope was lost, got down on our knees, seated in our chair, bowed our heads, closed our eyes, and we talked to God. We told God about our situation, our predicament. We told God what we needed. We told God where we were struggling. We told him how we were in a hole. And when we got up, when we came up from the close of prayer, after we said our amen, when we gave it all to God, what we found to be so wonderful is that God took what we had and God finished the rest. My brothers and my sisters, when we've exhausted all options, there is never going to be a better option than God. I'm challenging you to know that there is no physician, there is no banker, there is no counselor, there is no mediator that you and I ought to trust more than we trust God. After all, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're looking together at verse number 25. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 25. If you love the word of God, say amen. Uh, the Bible tells us there, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 25, it says, for uh, the foolishness, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. That means, that means the reason why we ought to trust God more than we trust any human being is because human beings on their best day can't touch God on his worst day. And how many of you all know that every day for my God is his best day? So I want you to play a very close attention to the fact that God is all-powerful. When we find ourselves in weakness, God has the ability to step in and take over. Still, I don't want you to forget that we play a very intricate part in the process of healing. And we must be on the Lord's side and walking in the Lord's way in order to be effective. So tonight, uh, journey with me as I talk to you all about our greatest means of effectiveness. 
If I were to give this lesson a title on tonight, I'd call it Pray For Me. Uh, pray For Me. If y'all still with me, say amen. James chapter 5 and verse number 16 is, a, is an awesome passage to read. The Bible says in the fifth chapter of James, verse number 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If y'all see that, say amen. I want you to pay close attention to some profound statements there, specifically uh, the first half of this statement where it says, uh, confess your trespasses, confess your faults, as your Bible may say, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Someone say healed. I want you to understand that anytime we find ourselves struggling with sin, where there is a sin struggle, there is a damaged soul. I said, wherever there is a sin struggle, there is a damaged soul, like, like a car that collides into a building or a vehicle that does not have oil in it in time, that vehicle will suffer great damage. And when it, need, when it goes through that damage, it needs restoration. As a car without oil, as a vehicle in a collision, so is the soul of mankind when we go through sin and we go through difficulties. Our soul is damaged. That's the reason why we find great comfort in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Y'all turn there with me if you will. Romans chapter 4. And I want you to look with me at verses 7 and 8 in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans. Paul talking to the church at Rome. And Paul essentially is using this opportunity to share with them why there is power, there is goodness, there is deliverance in us understanding the phenomenal state of being healed from our sin-filled trouble. In Romans chapter 4, verse number 7, the Bible says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. And what he's showing us is there's something favored. There's something favored about having our sins covered by the Lord. If you've been forgiven by the Lord, say amen. No, I said, if you've been forgiven by the Lord, say amen. And I want you to know with every instance of God's forgiveness, that is a healing for our soul. It's something wonderful about getting a chance to confess our faults to God and listening to God say that he forgives us. Have you ever, have you ever wronged somebody and had to go and tell them you were sorry? And wasn't it a wonderful feeling when you wronged somebody and you went and told them you were sorry and they with the joyous heart said, oh child, don't worry about that. I'm not worried about that. I forgive you. Doesn't that feel like a weight off? Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel soothing to your soul? I want you to know that that is just a microcosm of the wonderful and the gigantic goodness of God. When I violate his cross experience through my own sin-filled iniquities, then he turns around with great compassion and love and tells me, Kevin, you're forgiven. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, it is indeed healing. It is a blessing. So what he's challenging us to do, if we want to take advantage of that blessing, James chapter 5, verse number 16, he's telling us we've got to confess our faults. And this concept of confession means we need to make known our sins. Now, I know, I know this is a complete violation to everything that we feel because we struggle with sharing. Yeah, I said we struggle with sharing. But I'm challenging you to understand that this healing starts first with admitting. 
That is, you got to make known your struggles. Tell somebody about your shortcomings, your sufferings, your sorrows, your sadnesses, your setbacks. Whatever you need relief from, you got to tell somebody. And I want you to tell them in a way that's honest. How many of you all know we, we know how to sugarcoat everything? Yeah, but I'm challenging you to have at least one person in your life that you can talk honest with. Someone that you can be real with. And this needs to be someone you can trust. Say amen if you can. Yeah, this needs to be someone you can trust. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, what a blessing it is when you find somebody that you can trust. And I know it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge because there is a reality, and we can't miss the reality. And that is not everybody that tells you you can trust them is indeed trustworthy. It's the reason why Paul wrote these words in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Y'all turn there with me if you will. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And I want you to meet me, if you will, at verse number 11. If you love the word of God, say amen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we're looking together at verse number 11. The Bible says, for, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, Working not at all, but are, as Paul calls them, busybodies. And what he means by that term busybodies is you all know just as well as I know uh, that there's people on this earth whose sole business is being in other people's business. Right. And, 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 and the harsh reality, the unnecessary reality is, is we put ourselves in a prison because we've sold ourselves some fake news. Yeah, we sold ourselves some fake news. And the fake news that we've sold ourselves is that you can't tell nobody nothing because everybody's a busybody. I'll have you to know that there has to indeed be trustworthy people on the earth. And how do I know that? I know that for two reasons. Number one, God told me to confess. Someone say confess. And God advised me to confess because God knows that there are people on this earth that are trustworthy. But in addition to that, my brothers and my sisters, he's challenging me to understand that a part of sharing equates to a part of my healing. Yeah, he's telling us that we have to make it our business to confess our faults to someone so that they might enter into prayer for us. What is prayer? Prayer, by definition, if you're looking at the Easton's Bible Dictionary, it says prayer is converse with God. The intercourse of the soul with God, not in contemplation or meditation, but in beautiful, direct address to him. That is prayer affords us a wonderful thing. You see, contemplation is full of or in deep consideration and meditation is the continued of extended thought and all that's wonderful. But you see, that's not prayer because prayer is not where I'm trying to figure it out. It's literally where God and I, we talk it out. I legitimately share with God the depths of my heart. I was visiting with a brother not too long ago and he and I, we were sitting talking and I appreciated because he says, and you know, sometimes Sometimes I just go outside and I just talk to God about the things that are on my heart. I talk to God about the stuff that makes me happy. I talk to God about the stuff that makes me sad. I talk with God about the stuff that makes me mad. And I told him that's a wonderful thing because if there's ever a place where you need to be honest, God, you certainly need to be honest with. And you need to be honest with God for two reasons. If y'all are still with me, say amen. Uh, the first reason why you need to be honest with God is because if you will start to be honest with God, you'll learn to be honest with others. The second reason why you need to be honest with God is why you lying to God when God already knows the truth. Say amen if you can. Uh, it ain't no sense in telling God you're happy when he can tell that you're mad. Just go ahead and tell God the truth so that you can go and start moving the ball forward. That is, my brothers and my sisters, with God, I get direct access. God doesn't have business hours. 
I don't have to work around his lunch breaks. I don't have to try to schedule during his holidays and his vacations. God is always available. The Bible says powerfully in Psalms 121, the 121st division of Psalms, 121st division of Psalms. If you love the word of God, say amen. In the 121st division of Psalms, the psalmist gives us the beautiful visual of why God is so indeed trustworthy and dependable. The Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. Who is the Lord? The Lord who made heaven and earth. If you all see that, say amen. Uh, the Bible says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That's good news because when I talk to God, God is always available. God's always listening and God is always right on time. He always cares. He's always concerned and he's always interested in my welfare. If y'all know that's good news, say amen. You see, in all things... You want to talk to someone who's effective. You want to talk to someone who can help you. And I want you all to know that God is most indeed effective and God most certainly can help you. If y'all get that, say amen. But God is telling us that in the process of us getting this healing, there is a necessity of confession. In the process of healing, there's a necessity of confession. And a part of that confession is to allow someone else to intercede on your behalf through prayer. And when it comes down to finding someone to intercede on your behalf in prayer, you don't want just any old somebody. Yeah, but you want someone that's tried and true. You want someone qualified. If y'all get that, say amen. That is, if you get a doctor, you want one that's at least gone to medical school. Amen, all by myself. <laughs> if you have a lawyer, you would like one that's passed the bar. Matthew's chapter 7, verse number 21, he tells us that not everyone that's talking to God is really talking to God. Matthew 7, and verse number 21, the Bible says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. If y'all get that, say amen. You see, lots of people are praying, but if I'm going to trust sharing with someone, I want to ensure that the someone I'm sharing with is someone who's connected with God, who can aid me in getting my prayers through. So the Bible concludes James chapter 5, verse number 16 with these words. It says, the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If y'all see that, say amen. You see, the term effectual and fervent uh, found in the Strong's Greek and Hebrew dictionary is to be active and efficient. It's to be active and efficient. You see, the concept of being efficient means that you are performing or functioning in the best possible manner with the least waste of time and effort. In other words, uh, when it comes down to it, you can be depended on to do what you're supposed to do the way you're supposed to do it. So when I'm talking about someone praying on my behalf, I'm not looking for someone that's perfect, but I'm certainly looking for someone that's connected. I need someone in my life, someone who has a diligent relationship with God, someone who's striving to live a life pleasing and acceptable unto God, someone that I can confide in and that will allow our words to rest between the two of us. 
and will keep me accountable and keep my throne, my, my issue, petition to the throne so that God might help me in my hour of need. If y'all get that, say amen. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse number 17 tells us to pray without ceasing. That is, God never gets tired of hearing us pray. And I'm here to tell you, my brothers and my sisters, we don't pray enough. Yeah, I know that we have our signature times of prayer. We pray when we're in trouble. We pray before we're about to eat, depending on how hungry we are. Say amen if you can. Uh, we pray when we come in the house of God. We pray before we leave. But I want you to know that if we're really praying like we ought, there's nothing that you're going through in this life that doesn't need prayer. I need prayer when I wake up in the morning. I need prayer when I stand up. I need prayer when I start to set out on an agenda for today. I need prayer before I make a phone call. I need prayer before I get in my car. I need prayer before I pull that car on I-95. I definitely need prayer before I hit the office. Prayer before I encounter my coworkers. I need prayer before I have my meeting with my boss and my manager. I need prayer before I answer the phone when it rings. I definitely need prayer when it's a bill collector call and say amen if you can. I need prayer. I need prayer when I'm going to the bank. I need prayer when I'm striving to make it through life. And the wonderful thing about it is the God that we serve doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber. And in all those instances when you need prayer, he's desirous, he's interested, he's ready to facilitate, to help you, to see you through. All you've got to do is ask. Someone say ask. Yeah, the Bible tells us something wonderful in Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 22. Matthew chapter 21, verse number 22. The Bible says, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. My brothers and my sisters, we serve a good God. And our greatest strategy is to ensure that our relationship with God is one that will allow us to have access in prayer. You see, prayer isn't just high and by. Prayer is intimate. And how many of you all know that you don't talk intimate with someone if you don't know that someone? And to speak intimately with God, we have to have a relationship with God. Bible tells us in Isaiah, the 59th chapter, Isaiah, the 59th chapter, verses 1 and 2. If you love the word of God, say amen. Isaiah, the 59th chapter, Isaiah, the 59th chapter, looking together at verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Verse number two is profound. He says, But here's the problem. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. You see, church, as with our cell phone and its bill and its payment, if there's no connection, there's no conversation. And there's no conversation because there's no service. You see, our greatest issue, my brothers and my sisters, is not with the effectiveness of prayer. Prayer has been effective ever since the first man talked with God. Our greatest interest is to ensure that if we're praying to God, we have a sound connection with God. If y'all get that, say amen. And how many of you all know that if we talk with God, God is more than able to give us all the things we stand in need of, all the things that we want, all those things we desire. Reflecting on Joshua as he reminded the children of Israel in Joshua, the 24th chapter, verse number 12. Joshua, the 24th chapter in verse number 12. 
The Bible says, I sent the hornet ahead of you, the Lord said, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, he says, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So the Lord says, I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. That is, God can do it and God has done it. If y'all get that, say amen. I'd have you here all day talking about all the wonderful things that God has already done for you. God is the reason why you've made it this far. God gave you the job that you have. You know that job, that job you're saying you can't stand all the time. God gave you that job. God is the one who helped you to get through school to get the degree that you needed so that you could get that job. God is the reason why when people gave up on you, he's the reason why you were able to carry on a little longer. God was your strength. He was your support. He was your help in time of need. And it all starts with an intimate request to God, just allowing God to know what we stand in need of and by faith asking him with a convicted heart. My brothers and my sisters, I'm urging you this week to keep praying and pray this week more than you've ever prayed before. There are walls that need to be torn down in our lives. And the barrier to break or stand is our willingness and our confidence to pray and trust God. Here is what I know, and I pray you know it to be true. For everything that I'm struggling with in my life, every now and again I just take a moment and I consider all that the Lord has done already. I think about some of the things that God has done for me in times past. And when I contemplate the things that God has done for me in times past, it gives me great assurance to know that God is more than able to help me out in my present. My brothers and my sisters, whatever you're struggling with, believe in the power of prayer. Connect with someone, share with someone, build that intimacy between your brothers and sisters and with God. Allow the power of healing to come into your life through the awesome power of prayer. If y'all get that, say amen. If you're not a child of God, y'all to become one. You come by hearing the word of God, uh, believing God's word to be true, uh, repenting of your sins, confessing that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Be buried in the watery grave of baptism. Rise, walk a new life, remain faithful unto death. God promises to give you a crown of life. Maybe just maybe you're here tonight and you know in your heart of hearts, Lord, uh, I, I just need to make some things right in my life. I want to be a prayer source for someone or I need someone to pray for me. Well, here's the good news. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, it says if we'll simply confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If anyone needs to respond, we urge you to do so right now as we together say. Restore my spirit, Lord, I need restore. Lord, you know that my heart, it is weary. Please help me, dear Lord. I stand in need of more strength from your word. Renew my love, rebuild my faith. Oh, restore my soul. Let the church say amen. amen. I stand for you to read the prayer request. I ask that your name is called. You please stand or raise your hand that the church may acknowledge you. Sister Clarissa Jones comes requesting prayers uh, for a meeting uh, that she's going to have on tomorrow. Uh, Sister Kim, she's requesting prayers for spiritual strength. 
Sister Cruz, she's come to asking prayers for all students and teachers who are headed back to school. These are the requests that have been made. Let us think on these as we approach our Heavenly Father. Father God, we come before thy throne of grace with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for uh, saving us for da from danger seen and unseen, Father God. Father, we come at this time specifically to ask you to look down upon the ones who made prayer requests. Uh, Father, Sister Cruz comes requesting prayers on behalf of all of those who will be, uh, who works in the school system, Father, all the students who will be heading back to school. Father, just as we prayed on this morning, we say the same prayer on this evening, Father. We pray that you be a fence of protection around them all, Father God. I pray that you uh, 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 stop any bad spirits that want to do harm to the young people while they're under uh, under the roofs of their schools. Father, I just pray that uh, we, our schools can go back to being a safe haven for our kids, Father. Uh, Father, Sister Kim came asking prayers for spiritual strength, Father. Whatever our dear sister stands in need of, we know you're more than able to bless her, Father God. Uh, Father, if there's anything that she's going through, help her to understand that as long as she keeps her hand in your hand, everything is going to work out just fine, Father God. In this life, Father, you told us that we shall have tribulations, Father. Uh, so we just need to just understand that that, Father, and realize that all things work together for good. Father, be with uh, Sister Jones, Father, uh, in the meeting that she has to have on tomorrow, Father. We pray that everything comes out in her favor, Father God. Uh, we know when, as a, as a child of yours, you've already worked the situation out, Father, uh, so we're not worried. We're not fretting, Father. We know uh, that you're going to come through for our dear sister. Father, not only them, but there may be, uh, we have some of our number who are sick and shut in, Father. I pray that you continue to watch over them. I ask that you continue to bless them, Father. Father, a few weeks ago, we came to you in prayer for Brother, for, for Brother Pratt, Father, and you just have been touching his life, Father, and you have uh, been restoring his health and his strength, and we just want to thank you, Father, for blessing him in such a mighty way, Father. Uh, uh, Father, we just ask that you bless our minister. Father, I just pray that you continue to bless him with wisdom, guidance, and knowledge, Father God. I just pray that you continue to uh, uh, allow him to lead this place, give him the strength to lead this place to a higher mark in Christ Jesus, Father. I, I ask that you always be with the Pembroke Park Church of Christ, Father. Bless us with the spirit of unity and love, Father. Uh, if Satan comes in here trying to cause confusion, Father, help us all to stand together, Father God, as one unified body, Father, showing Satan that he will not tear this kingdom down, Father. We ask that you be with us and guide us. For us in your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. It is now time for communion and collection. At last ended my Savior bleed and did my soul friend would he devote that sacred and force to one as I at the cross at the where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. 
To our brothers and sisters, today is the first day of the week. We observe and take up the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. The Lord wants us to remember that cruel death on the cross that he died for all of us. Not only he want us to remember, he want us to be faithful. The Apostle Paul instructs us in a manner in which we should be taking the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter beginning at the 23rd verse, and it reads, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same man also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, who shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eat it and drink it unworthily, eat it drank it damnation to himself, not the son in the Lord's body. For this cause men are weak and sickly among you, and many are asleep. Let us pray. Dear kind of Heavenly Father, we kindly thank you for this bread and this cup which is your body. And we pray to Heavenly Father that as we take it, that we may do so in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable to thee. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you desire to partake of the Lord's Supper at this time, please stand. If you desire to take the Lord's Supper, please stand. I'm in the way, the bright and shiny way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus says to For I'm in the glory land way. We're singing, I'm in the glory land way. We're singing, I'm in the glory land where Lord heaven is nearer than the way road is clearer for I'm in the glory land where And we're singing, I'm in the glory land where and we're singing, I'm in the glory land where Lord heaven is nearer and away I'm in the glory land where Brothers and sisters and our friends, we are before you at this time to give you opportunity to give back a portion that which the Lord have given you. And we do hope and pray that you give, that we might be able to continue the work of the Lord. The Apostle Paul instructs us in a manner in which we should be given. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, beginning at verse 6, and it reads, But this I say, he which soweth sparrowing shall reap also sparrowing. 
And he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according to he proposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly nor necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have an all sufficient in all things that may abound to every good work. Let us pray. Dear kind Heavenly Father, once again, we thank thee for giving us this opportunity to give back a portion that which you have given us. And we pray, to Heavenly Father, that we give, and that we give freely from our hearts. And what we take up this evening, we pray, to Heavenly Father, that it would be used in a manner that would be pleasing and acceptable to thee. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. If you have anything to give the brothers at this time, please hold your hand high. Hold your hand high. Thank you very much. If you love the Lord, say amen. Uh, we are so appreciative for all of you all for coming out on tonight. We know, trust, and pray uh, that every time we come together to share in the word of God, it helps us to become better people in the future. If you all get that, say amen. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to share with you all before we conclude our services on today. Uh, just a reminder, uh, the Ladies Devotional Fellowship is around the corner. It'll take place Sunday, August the 18th, immediately after morning worship. Again, that's the Ladies Devotional Fellowship will take place Sunday, August the 18th, immediately after morning worship. Lunch will be provided. Uh, it says, please sign up uh, to bring a dish in the fellowship hall. However, I did receive this note. It says, uh, the sign-up sheet for the Sisters Fellowship was moved from the fellowship hall. So if you know where the sheet has been placed, please return it to Sister Charlene. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for an area where you can serve to get involved, uh, we invite your attention to assist with the assisted living facility visitation taking place at the Aventura Plaza. The address is inside of the bulletin. Uh, the date for this activity is Saturday, August the 24th. Check your calendar. Clear it up. Saturday, August the 24th, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And you're encouraged to wear your Pembroke Park T-shirt. Uh, also, Brothers Breaking Bread, all men, all men are invited to our next Brothers Breaking Bread on Sunday, September the 1st, immediately after morning worship. And for more information, you can see uh, myself. Just a couple of area congregational items that, that you should be aware of. Uh, the Miami Gardens Church of Christ Ladies Day program will take place Saturday September the 14th at 9 a.m. The colors are orange, brown, green, and yellow, and the cost is free. Uh, the Ladies' Day seminar for, is set for September the 14th at the 11th Street Church of Christ in West Palmetto, Florida. If I messed that up, y'all forgive me. Uh, I think that, is that right, Palmetto? Did I say that right, Palmetto? Y'all don't know neither, do you? Y'all just say, yeah, okay, yeah, Palmetto, was that right? That was right? West Palmetto, Florida, uh, uh, the 11th Street Church of Christ. It'll start at 9 a.m. And of course, everyone, uh, uh, just just check check it out. I pray you'll you'll make plans to attend the 46th annual Southeastern Lectureship. It's a regional lectureship. It's one of the best. Uh, it's one of the best that they have in South Florida. I'll tell you that the Florida State Lectureship and the uh, uh, the regional lectureship down here they're very good. Uh, I say that in contrast to the fact that I used to live in Texas. 
Texas. I know that the Texas State lectureship, uh, it, it it was it was good, but it had it had it had its it, it 